Hey there. How you doing? I realized last time I made a podcast intro, I didn't even say my name. So hi, thank you so much for listening to the Soma Stripped podcast with your host, Jordan Pruitt. (laughs) That's me. Um, Yeah, I just recorded a most amazing interview with Lauren Baca and I can't wait for you to hear it. And that's what this episode is. So I'm glad you're here. Um, I hope you have taken some really deep breaths today because I did. I've been really working on my breathwork ritual that I did or that I was prescribed with Amber Campion, my last guest. And it's given me so much space. And I think it's interesting that we really have to be ready for the things that heal us, you know, because I've known about this breathwork breathwork breath work practice for so long and I kind of fell off the wagon but and then I came back to it so if you have something that you know makes you feel really good and you're just not in the space for it right now give yourself clarity and just know that that's totally cool like you're not a bad person like these rituals are supposed to be tools they're not supposed to be prisons right like we're supposed to take these rituals and use them when it feels good with also a healthy balance of knowing that sometimes they're not going to feel good and you do just need to push through and do it if you want to feel a certain way. So that's something I've been toying with is like the balance between my rituals and not having them be like a prison, but just letting them be whatever they want to be and coming to me when I need them and realizing that there's times that I'm like, wow, I really need to do my breath work and I really don't want to. Those are probably the times that you need to do it most. And that energetic frequency is way different from a time where you're like, you know what, today I really just want to get that extra five minutes of sleep or that extra whatever and really giving yourself that and giving yourself permission to flow with those things. But that's just a little bit on rituals and filling up your ritual pockets with different things that make you feel good and realizing you don't have to do the same one every day. So that was just a little thought that I had before I wanted to introduce this episode. So hi again today we're going to talk about Warren Baca right now during this intro and I had the most amazing time talking with her for those that you don't know we met doing our functional nutritional therapy practitioner certification with the nutritional therapy association which is a huge mouthful but she was just someone I think she's one of the first people ish that I met and we just totally connected off the bat because of her jewelry was so beautiful and I also love jewelry and we had so much to talk about and we've stayed in touch and I'm so glad we did and I've followed her journey through becoming a practitioner with the root cause clinic which is what we get into today and um, how all of that works because it's based off of bioresonance which is in biophotonic healing and resonance, which is really interesting and how to use like these innate energies that everything has and connecting them with different things that the actual energy is radiating. So like everything has a frequency and I will let her explain that in the interview because she does a way better job than I would. So we talk a lot about root cause clinic and her clients and how amazingly helpful it was for her journey We also talk about Lyme disease a little bit, which is interesting, and um, we talk about herbalism because she's also an herbalist, which is really cool, and we get into different herbs that you might not think about that we, or that she loves, and also herb, like there's a particular herb that we talk about that 
we both don't really like that much that's really hot right now. So it just really gives presence for you to make your own decisions. And that's what I really liked about this. And I'm feeling really hyped right now. So I'm going to take a little deep breath. You can take one with me in through the belly. And exhale. Okay, I feel better. (laughs) That's one thing we also talked about is astrology and how we both have an Aries moon, which is funny because sometimes like my emotions are so intense and so fiery because Aries is a fire sign. So I think that's why like breathing helps me so much because I really need to like ground. So I hope you enjoyed that breath. But yeah, we talk about her favorite herbs and we talk about how to alternate herbs and really connect with yourself versus listening to other people suggestions. We talk about baby Lauren and how she was like as a child, which is really interesting and how it kind of played into her adult life and her journey now. We talk about the Akashic Records and how that kind of catapulted her into the space that she is now. And I will provide a link for the, what the Akashic Records are. And one resource I really like for that is um, Michelle Pelazon from Holisticism. She loves the Akashic Records. So I will make sure to link that. And then we talk about so much here. This There's so much gold in this episode. We talk about therapy, how therapy is a great thing. We talk about... The Story of Skin, which is her new skincare line with two other people from the NTA, which is really cool. So I'm so excited to support them and get some of that. We talk about all the things, a lot of astrology talk, a lot of how to really be your own healer first and also how to embrace practitioners for exactly what they are which I thought was really beautiful because I think sometimes we put people on a pedestal and everyone's just in different parts of their path and how to really let people just be, but also listen to them and gain their knowledge is an interesting point. There's so much gold here and I'm so excited for you to listen to it. And, um, let's see what else, what else do we talk about? We talk about um, financial stuff. So she's also a financial guru. So that's really beneficial, I think, too. And um, I can't wait for you to become a part of her community if you already aren't because you're definitely going to love her. And she provides so much interesting content on Instagram. And she's just a wealth of knowledge. Like I threw some questions at her that I didn't know I was going to ask before. And she just answered them so beautifully. And I think that's just a test to how well she really knows this stuff. And she is such an amazing practitioner with Root Cause Clinic and by herself and just an amazing human all around. And I really just really love how she views all of this stuff. And I think she's going to be a really fresh perspective for you if you're feeling a little lost along your own healing journey or just wanting a little bit of a deeper connection with yourself and learning how to cultivate that. And... um that's what this podcast is all about really is like learning how to cultivate your own connection through all of these different experiences and through all of these different perspectives that I share and that you gain from your own life. You know, like that's what Soma means is connecting the inner and the outer and dispelling the woo woo and making something your own, no matter what other people say and just really listening to yourself first. So yeah, so happy you're here. Also, um, 10 points for you. If you see, <laughs> I'm going to post this on YouTube too. So that's going to be a fun journey, but, and you'll see me wearing my, um, 
big Yoda sweater. Uh, 10 points if you find the point where I almost fall off my chair. Because uh, that was hilarious. And I that definitely happened. So, yeah, I'm really excited to share Lauren with you. And I'm going to stop rambling. Because she's so much more than just Root Cause Clinic. And so much more than everything. And I can't wait for you to meet her. And I'm so happy you're here. And I hope you're breathing today. I don't just mean breathing to survive, I mean breathing to thrive, like really taking those deep, deep breaths, really connecting to your center, and embracing everything that you are, because you're cool. Okay, I hope you enjoy this one, and I will catch you on the other side. Okay, so I kind of just like I press record at the beginning because I don't know how to I don't want to like mess with it, but um we can kind of start whenever you're ready, honestly. Ready. Okay. Ready. I put some notes in the um interview thing and I realized that like you could see them too. I saw really really messy, but I was like, oh whatever, I'm just gonna leave it. I thought that was cute. I was like, look, she's like doing her homework. It's really cute. I, I just I'm a note person. I'm like, okay. I fumble over my words a lot, so. I like to like traject what I'm going to say before I say it. Same. You know, yeah, it helps me. I think okay, I have so a stutter. Yeah. You have a stutter? I think so. I'm not entirely sure, but it could very well be true. I think I do that when I'm nervous. Yeah. Like I, I definitely, like I, 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 like I can't get my words out <laughs> all the way. <laughs> well, we're just chatting today, so no need to be nervous. I know. I'm always nervous though when things are recorded, but okay. It's true. Okay. Um, hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. It's so nice to see you. I'm happy to be here and spend some time with you in this little space of yours. Some little virtual tender loving care time. You have like the perfect, I wanted to tell you this before, but you have like the perfect um, podcast voice. Oh Every time God. I was like, I remember when you put out your first podcast and it was like you talking and just like on one of your walks. And I was like, this mm-hmm. is so soothing to me. Like, I just like hearing your voice. Oh my God. Thank you so much. I feel <laughs> yeah. like I can really tell the difference between when I'm nervous and when I'm not, because when I'm nervous, it gets like really squeaky, like up here. And then if I'm like really grounded, it's like down here, it's down in your belly. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I'm working on that. Cause sometimes I get like so hyped and I'm just like, yeah. So I'm no, I, I understand that. I understand that. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to do a little intro before, but I'd love for you to tell everyone who you are, what you do. Yeah. So, oh boy, I feel like that's a big question. Cause I'm just, I have my hands in so many buckets in life right now, but Currently, I am mostly a practitioner through a clinic called Root Cause Clinic, which I'm sure we'll talk about a little later. Um, I help people with tons of different health issues, um, nutritionally, um, nutritionally, supplementally, herbally, you know, utilizing like all my little tools in my toolbox to assist people in their health journeys. Mm. Um, aside from that, I also am a formulator of skincare. Um, which is a very big passion project of mine. I love to use my hands. And so I feel like being a practitioner is great. And I love to use my brain there, Mm -hmm. but using my hands and actually like making things has it like, it speaks to me in some way. I can't not be using my hands. So I love uh, making skincare. I also make jewelry. I'm kind of all over the place, but yeah, that's a little bit about who I am and what I enjoy. You're multifaceted. 
Yes. Maybe I'm a little bit too, like some people think like, oh, I have my hands in too many buckets, but I don't know. It's like, that's how I thrive. I can, I like to pick up one thing, put something down, Mm -hmm. you know? Dude, I'm the same way. I have like a million different books I'm reading all at once. And then I have like a million different projects that macrame is half done. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You look at it and you're like story of my life. Okay. Yeah, literally it's half done, (laughs) (laughs) but I think it's good. And then it kind of like stimulates you in different ways and you can kind of like flow from one thing to the next versus getting so stuck on one thing. Yeah. I think one of the things I remember like growing up, like we saw our parents and I don't know my, I was raised with my grandparents, but it was like very one way. It's like, this is what I did. And this is like the one thing I do. And it's like, I don't jive with that. Like I need to be, I don't think we should have like one career path or Mm -hmm. one choice of what we enjoy doing. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't feel natural. Yeah, totally. That's why I started an LLC. Cause I was like, I don't know what the frick I'm going to do. I'm just going to like have this (laughs) and everything's going to be fine. It's going to be good. So stemming into that, um, because I think that I've been really into astrology lately. So I'm wondering if we could astrologically quote unquote profile you really fast. If you give us- oh, I'll let you do that. I'll let you do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, wait, you wrote it down. So what's your sun sign? So my sun sign is a Libra. Okay. Yes. My sun sign is a Libra. So I'm very, I do, I am very diplomatic. I like to, I guess you could say, I don't like, uh, I'm very classic in that I don't like confrontation. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's my challenge in life is like actually being able to step in when I need to or put up my boundaries when I need to. I think that's very Libra-esque. Yeah. Many of us. Cool. Okay. What about your moon sign? My moon sign is an Aries. So oh my God, we have the same moon. Really? <laughs> that's so fun. Are you also like crazy passionate about things when it like yeah. hits you? Like yeah. I get like off the walls. I'm like, oh my God, I have this idea. I have to do yeah. it. Like let's like, like let's do all the executive stuff. Yeah. I think it's a little bit too much sometimes. It is a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like learning how to like harness that like amazing energy with our emotions that we have and like channeling it versus letting it like. Yeah. Yeah. It can become like this big thing. And it's like, everyone sees all of this energy you have and then it like putters out slowly. So it's like, how do we, yeah. How do we make that continue? Mm -hmm. I love that. It's so interesting. Okay. What about your rising? So my rising is a Sagittarius. Um, I think that's how people see me when they first meet me as like someone who's like kind of adventurous or like Mm -hmm. more outgoing than I actually am. I'm Mm -hmm. not super outgoing. Mm -hmm. I'm actually more of like an introvert who has extrovert abilities. Like I I could be like a little chameleon, you know what I mean? Um, But I'm very much like introverted. Same. I think that's how we met though, because like, I felt like I don't know. We just kind of like clicked off the bat. But yeah. did, I totally see what you're saying. Like, cause based off of what, how I met you, that's how I felt when I met you. Really? But now <laughs> I like know you a little more. I'm like, okay, she's like very grounded. And like, she's like me, she's like in her little introverted self, but like knows how to be an extrovert. And I'm a Gemini rising. So I love to like talk to people. Oh, yes. But, um, I totally see what you're saying. Gemini. I wish I had more Gemini in my sign. I feel like Gemini is such an amazing sign to have and it's so like creative and multifaceted and mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of it so <laughs> I like having more Gemini presence in my life okay perfect well we'll just hang out more it's, it's yes perfect. yeah um I actually got an astrological reading yesterday by someone I'm gonna have on the podcast and he was saying that he also has a Gemini rising and like one thing is that like we do have all that like energy and like bop it around but also it can be hard to like pick and choose one thing because it's the twins right so like oh yeah and both sides but then you're like so what side do I do yeah you're very indecisive (laughs) I'm super I'm an overthinker for sure I think that's also very like 
uh, Libra like too. I'm okay. I'm always I can never well I'm kind of on like the Libra Virgo cusp because my okay. birthday is September 24th, which is like okay. right after the turn. So I'm very like um, or Virgos also can't really choose what they want to do very much. And I feel like that's me also. It's like, I'm weighing everything constantly. I'm like, Oh, like my heart really wants this, but like my mind makes me feel like, Oh, maybe I should do this. And so Mm -hmm. I'm constantly weighing the pros and cons. And it's it's kind of like aggravating. Yeah. A lot of mental energy. It does. It does. Yeah. It's too much. I'm like, Lauren, just stop. Like, just, just make a damn decision already. Yeah. I know. I feel you. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. What about your human design really quickly? So my human design is a manifesting generator. And I honestly don't even know that much about human design. I know I'm a manifesting generator and Mm -hmm. I know that I have like, you know how, when you look at the pictures, they have like, what's your, what's your, um, area that's like defined Mm -hmm. mine's my solar plexus, but I have no idea what that means. Cool. I don't know a ton about it either, but I do know that you're an MG. So you have like your own energy source Mm, so you have that like literal life force of the planet to like put forward what you want into the world which is really cool versus me I'm a projector I get energy from other people so like I do best when I work in areas where other people are like I do best in coffee shops or like with people like if I'm alone like I'll just pass out like I don't feel like you thrive in big cities yes and no because I need nature like a lot Mm. of it Mm-hmm. Okay. but I don't want to be like completely isolated if that makes sense yeah yeah because yeah. I do like to have people around I like need them which is kind of interesting well, yeah. we all do and I think we're all figuring that out this last year right it's like how much that's really really important um but yeah like I I'm not like that where like I want to pick when I can choose people but like mm-hmm. I would be totally cool being in like the forest just yeah. like leave me here I'm good like I can do everything I need mm-hmm I would need like one human or like a dog or something. Oh yeah. To, I would definitely not go without my dog. To parasite and poach their energy off of them. <laughs> <That's> like <laughs> Put your thing. hands on them and be like, yeah. give it to me. <laughs> give me the energy. Charge. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay. I just said parasites. So going into root cause clinic, let's, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about that. Let's, Cause I, I stalked your Instagram cause I'm a stalker and I love all of your really interesting content oh, and it's so valuable. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's just all the things, but you talk about parasites a lot. Mm-hmm. So how do you yeah. root cause happen? So, so, well, how we met, you know, we met doing our nutritional therapy degree or our um, certification. And, you know, I really went into this area of healing, feeling like I wanted to serve people nutritionally mm-hmm. because I, I, you know, I knew that that was a really big gap. We have a big gap in the world with that. Um, really? and we're, we're seeing that with like, gosh, these rates of like COVID hitting people who are, you know, obese and have all these comorbidities, but I had all these other problems in my life that nutrition didn't help. Mm-hmm. I was eating, you know, I'm not a perfect human being. And I know people will probably think that, but no, like I do my things, you know, like I enjoy a beer here and there if I want to, or like, you know what I'm human. But, um, for the most part, like my life was very like dialed down and strict for a point of time. Mm -hmm. I had tried everything in my life. I did like, gosh, years and years ago, like 2010, I was like a raw foodist. I went vegan. Like I, although I think those extremes are not the answer anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. I got to a place in my diet where everything was like great you know, but I still had these health issues that were plaguing me. And I came into contact with um, a woman who was doing biophotonic testing. And I was like, 
seeing all these really, really great reviews. And I was like, wow, like, what is this magic? I have to look into this myself. So essentially I got my own testing done, came back with all these self-infections. I had Lyme disease being one of them, which was very, very scary to Mm. find out, um, later quantified by my naturopath. So, you know, it was very, just, just crazy to see that this could pick up on something that I never even knew was an issue for me Right down the line. Um, you know, just following the system and how it said my body need to unravel its health because you work in like layers, right? So this type of testing looks at you like an onion where you're like, okay, there might be these problems that someone might come to you with like hyperthyroidism or Lyme disease or mold illness, but you don't necessarily need to tackle all those things. You need to look at the body and say, okay, where does the body want to start? So that's how I approached my own health. And I got so much better in such a short amount of time that I was like, what is this? This is something I need to be doing. Right. So I, yeah, it was amazing. And I was fortunate enough to be like taken under the wing of my mentor, Veronica Leslie, naturopath. Um, and it kind of changed my whole way. I approach working with people, Um, Since then, she's opened up Root Cause Clinic. She's the CEO of the company and we offer bioenergetic testing and it's just been life-changing for people because of that way that we look at you, how your body wants to be addressed, not just from like test results, which is awesome. Like after we did our program together um, at the NTA, like I went on to do another program to teach me how to use like, you know, different types of test, uh, functional tests, right? Yeah. But even that like kind of leaves people with all of these things to look at, but they don't know how to piece it together. Yeah. That's where um, RCC is different. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's interesting too, because I kind of had a similar thing where like my diet was completely dialed and food helps so much. Like that's 100% a huge chunk of it. But like you said, there's so many people that are still like to the point of where it's like orthorexia, which is like something that I struggled with where they're like deathly afraid to eat anything outside of the parameters and still feeling awful. And that's, that's what I like about what you do, at least from what I understand is you're bridging the gap between, okay, you have the foundation built, right? Like you have, I'm sure most of the people that come to you are the healthiest eaters on the planet. You know, they have, they have that foundation built, but they just need that like individualized care that I think if, you didn't have biophotonic, 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 bioenergetic. Yeah. You got it. If you didn't have that, it would be years of testing for some people because you like, like you said, you're looking at the whole onion versus a lot of other methods of testing. They only look at all those individual pieces and that takes a lot of time and money that people don't really have, you know? Yeah. And, you know, to be transparent, it's still not cheap coming to the clinic. Like there's tons of, I would love to make this more accessible to people, which we're trying to do like, yeah sponsorships and stuff like that in the future to do that. But yeah, it's, it's really this, um, it's really this way that takes away all the noise. And I think that's, what's confusing for people. I know in my own health journey, I've been so confused so many times where it's like, okay, someone says this is good, but then someone says this is bad. I don't know what this means for me bio-individually. Right. And that's Mm -hmm. something that we learned too. in the NTA was like bio-individuality is so, so important. And it's not just with food. It's also with supplementation and your energy and your thoughts and how you approach life and the way you curate your life. All of that needs to be bioenergetically assessed. And that's what I love too, about this is we don't only get to see like what's physiologically happening, but we get a whole energetic scan too. talks about like, Oh, it's, you would just like freak out about it because it's like, you look at someone's subconscious. I literally read their subconscious back to them and they're like, how did you know I got abused? Or how did you know that? Like I had this issue with this person or, yep. That's like bread and butter for me. Like I love food. That's why I'm not really seeing clients, but like, I love that like energetic 
difference, you know, because that's yeah. what healed me was tapping into like that energetic field, you know, mm-hmm. and learning yes. to deal with that. But okay. I like what you said and you're transparent about like pricing and everything, but it's still one and done, right? It's still not like months of like testing and like blah, blah, blah. Well, um, it depends. Like if someone, my, my general rule of thumb is if someone comes to the clinic and they're just kind of wanting to just support their bodies, it's usually like one package. Um, and they start to feel a lot of difference, but if someone's come and they have like years and years of issues, you Mm -hmm. know, they have to expect that it's going to take time because of that onion. It's usually larger and packed with like a lot of different, you know, things that the body needs to work through. So for every like year that they've been sick, I say that's like a protocol. So if someone's been sick for 10 years, you know, they can expect 10 protocols or 10 months of work. Um, but, Mm -hmm. but it's being like approached at the way that their body needs to, which usually is more helpful. And we don't see things like swing wildly to the other side. Yeah, I think um, I remember that's one thing I really liked about when I was an acupuncturist apprentice is that they, they kind of talk about that is it's like it's dis-ease, right? It's like disharmony in the body. It's not just one thing that you're doing that's throwing you off. It's like a whole manifestation, like a spiral of all these different things that are kind of like co-creating. It's just like not being in alignment with yourself. Mm, yeah, and that's why I love these um, that's uh, being in the clinic and being an herbalist. Like that's one of the things that like, I really thrive on is not just looking at what's happening in different organ systems and like mm-hmm. explaining that to the client, but understanding like how emotions play into that too. Mm-hmm. And that's a really big TCM theory, wow. right? Is like, like, for instance, I had a client recently who has had long-standing adrenal problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when we look at her, like a lot of her kidney meridians were coming up on the scan. And like, when we think about the kidney, like that's kind of in, I mean, when we translate that to like Western medical system, like the kidney actually in Chinese medicine is very much related to the adrenals mm-hmm. in Western medicine. So, um, it's like, okay, how could we feed the adrenal to support her kidney meridians? And those are things that like, you know, our feel are very important because it's like, okay, now we can, we can use herbs to help support yeah. that these topo restorative herbs that like mm-hmm. build up that innate energy, right. To support yeah. her. So Oof. Of course, with her, like changing her lifestyle too, because that's very important, but yeah, that's so good. So do you have any insight into like how biophotonic resonance works, quote unquote? Yeah. So, um, also before I go into this, there is a university, the uh, university of Boston, they have a huge okay. bio enter or well, biophotonic testing, um, lab right now. And it's not the FDA does not say that it's approved for diagnostics, but it's approved FDA as like the equipment, right? So they're kind of moving through the, you know, long 10 year span that it usually takes to be diagnostically approved. Mm -hmm. But um, that's a really good source for people if they're kind of curious about how this works any further. Um, What I like to explain to people is all of our cells at the atomic level are always sending signals to one another. There's cellular connection going on all the time, even mm-hmm. when we're sleeping, everything. That's how our cells are communicating and knowing what the environment is like. If it's a safe environment, if it's a hostile environment, and they communicate through photons. So these bursts of light or Hertz frequencies, so we can cool. measure that. Yeah. And we can see that under, you know, a certain, um, a certain type of equipment. Mm-hmm. So when you measure the photon output from a cell and we put it in Hertz, we can actually see what that is saying because we know what that Mm -hmm. frequency means. Mm -hmm. And we put that up against other types of pathogens that give off the same frequency because when our body is in alignment with things that aren't so healthy for us, we're going to resonate at the same level. 
And so that's how we pick up on things like self-infections, Lyme, Lyme pathogens, mold toxicity, all of that, but also um, emotions, right? Our cells listen right. to our, our emotions all the time. We're talking literally to ourselves. Um, it's crazy to think about in that way. But yeah, everything has a resonating value and hurts and we can measure that based on your hair, urine, nail, and saliva samples, which gives us short and long-term things, okay. right? We get to see what's happening in the big picture and also what's happening in the short-term picture and kind of paint, you know, what, what's happening whole system-wide. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, I, yeah, I love that connection between like our emotions and the energy and like the photons between everything, because there's so much of like, I don't remember what the study was, but I think they did something a long time ago where they showed that the photons change direction based on the observer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is insane to me. Like we have yeah. so much more influence over ourselves than we think. That's why quantum, um, that's why quantum physics is so confusing because you, once you start trying to observe a situation, it automatically changes the situation. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's it's really mind. wild. That blows my mind. That's There's really cool. so much yet to like know about anything of what's going on. I know. I love that. We all just think we know what's going on. Believe oh me. yeah. It's a big joke. <laughs> I don't really know. What's We're going just trying on. to decode the world. Cause that's what we do. Yeah. We analyze and try to make sense of everything, but really like the world's like, haha, I got yeah. you guys. You'll never totally. figure this out. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it's good to have like a healthy respect of everything, but also like oh, yeah. make fun of it because like, I don't know, I love all this woo shit. Like I can go deep into it, but at the same time, it's just like, who knows, man? Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and like preach about it because who knows? Like we could just all be a simulation who honestly, honestly. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, yeah. we probably will soon be with like Elon Musk's whole like Neuralink. I don't even know what the world's going to look like. So I don't either. I don't either. It's going to be nuts. Okay. So what is your most common client concern? Like not, maybe not concern. Okay. Like concern, like symptoms wise, but also what that links to, like, is it parasites probably most common or what would you say? Um, I think parasites, because I do education on parasites because they're okay. like a big thing for me. Um, I think a lot of people find me because of that or like herbalism. Usually my clients tell me they come to me for those things, but once we do the testing, you know, parasites are sometimes a root cause issue, but usually it's like an issue of terrain. Like they're just mm -hmm. there because other things are off. Okay. Um, what my, my, if I could like put my client in my clients into like one person, um, mostly my clients are dealing with self-infections. So whether that's Lyme disease or mold illness, um, parasites, I usually have those really heavy cases where people have seen every single doctor they've been to right. like you know, Cleveland clinic, they've been to Stanford, they've done all of the testing with all of the best minds in the world. Right. And they still don't know what to do, or they just said, Hey, sorry, we don't know what to tell you. Yep. So um, it, it's funny, because, you know, of course, I think anyone, no matter how confident I am in my ability to help people, you're like, Oh, man, like, it's a lot to take on the burden for people. And I have to know how to hold space for that. And yes. uh, taking care of myself in that process is very important. Yeah. But um, yeah, like I'm holding space for a lot of clients who do have a lot of self-infections um, and are on a long healing journey. But to be honest, um, one of the biggest things that has opened my mind here is that a lot of my clients who are getting better, their their bodies aren't wanting to attack these pathogens. And I think this is beautiful to explain with Lyme disease because with Lyme disease, ticks have been around forever. Literally our ancestors who lived in the bush, they also 
were bitten by ticks. They literally mm. lived outside, you know, like what makes us now so susceptible to Lyme disease. And we're seeing, we see so much like Lyme disease is a, is a real big issue. And it's, it's yeah. people are very scared of it for reasons because you see people get in wheelchairs, you know, after being healthy their whole life. But we have to ask the question of like, why is that happening, right? Why is our body not able to protect ourselves anymore? And usually when I'm doing testing, it's literally that the terrain, once again, the terrain of the body is off, whether they have, you know, high heavy metal contents, high mm-hmm. environmental toxicity to contents, high emotional, um, emotional baggage, we could say, because there's a, um, and I've kind of analyzed this, there is a type of person that Lyme disease really enjoys energetically. Okay. And I would, you know, there's no scientific evidence of this. This is just, just what I see people who don't have barriers in life, right? So people who give and give and give because they feel like they need to be accepted. Um, they are a large portion of my clients emotionally that deal with Lyme. And I really feel like it's like this reserve that people have just depleted through trying to please, right? People pleasers trying to yeah. feed, feed, um, childhood wounds. Yeah. Those type of things. That's kind of that, the energetics that I see a lot of with my clients. So it's a lot of restoring the terrain, but also awakening this idea of, you know, learning how to put barriers up in your life. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. And I, I resonate with the people pleasers thing a lot, because I think sometimes we think by like extending ourselves more, we're giving more love, but a lot of times in like it's kind of like not half-assed, but like your cup's not full. So you can't fill other people's cups either. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And then we come into contact with all these pathogens and they, they know when it's an, a good environment, right? They're yeah. like, they're like, okay, like I see everything wants to just survive too. Like when we look at it from just like a microbiological standpoint, like all of these little pathogens, they just want to live. So yeah, it's true. Yeah. That's interesting. So Bridging off of that, what about most common treatment or like, Um, or your favorite one? So every protocol is very different Mm -hmm. because everything's very like bio-individually based. But to answer that question, I can kind of say the way I work is that I use homeopathics, Mm -hmm. which usually in the beginning, I'll use homeopathics to help kind of push the body gently in the direction of innate function. Cause that's what I want to restore. My goal is to get people to where they don't have to be on supplements their whole life, because that's horrible. Nobody wants to live spending all of their money on supplements or feeling like they have to do that to be healthy. Cause that's not health. Um, Mm -hmm. that's an obsession in and of itself and a whole nother conversation, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so like getting their body to, you know, gently get to a place of more security having the cells know that it's safe to start dealing with things. So we use homeopathics for that. Um, herbal medicine. I love herbal medicine too, to gently kind of push nutrition into, um, certain organ systems and then go in with like heavy hitters, like certain supplements and stuff like that to really like drive home, um, or kind of balance functions. So that's what kind of like the the trifecta that I use. Yeah. I really like that because you're kind of like gently easing into something and letting the body kind of like heal itself on the way. That's yeah. really neat. I really like that. Cool. Some people are like, well, I just want to like get it done. And I'm like, well, you know, we have to like, this is the thing we, I'm always paying attention to them. Right. Yeah. Even if their body is like, let's go, go, go their um, or their minds like go, go, go. Their internal system is probably like, whoa, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm already, I'm already impacted by that energy. So let's mm-hmm. like slow it down. Right. That's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have 
anyone that like you feel like just isn't really ready to do the healing process because just speaking from personal experience like when I was really in the thick of it in like high school and college or more so college but I remember I wasn't really in a mental state that I was ready to heal like I didn't think I could do it you know like I was constantly just like going from doctor to doctor and all this blood work and like I really had like a mentality that I was broken and no one could fix me so then like of course none of them are going to be able to figure out what's going on you know do you ever like have any situations like that big time yeah and I think um, stepping into this work has also made me have to keenly look at those, like find the energetics of those, that, those people through whether how they talk about their health or yeah. just how they're like looking or looking through their results. You know, you can kind of tell those things. And of course, if someone comes to the clinic, like I'm going to do my best to help them. But if they are not ready to take responsibility too, that's a huge thing because going from practitioner to practitioner, and this is for for anyone listening who is on like a health journey. This is the one thing that will derail you is if you don't have faith in the person that you're coming to. Yeah. Um, And it's not just faith and like, oh, they didn't heal me in a month or I feel worse in a month. You know, you have to really give someone your time and invest in them and take the energy, take the time to like, know who you want to do that with. Mm Because I have those clients who come and they're like, oh, you know, I worked with this one person who like everyone says healed them, but they didn't do anything for me. And I'm like, okay, how long did you work with them? You know, and they're like, oh, a month or two months. And in my head, I know, okay, so I'm, I'm working with someone who probably isn't going to spend so much time mm-hmm. really being dedicated to this type of work. Mm-hmm. So it's hard because I have to gently, you know, talk around that and not go head forward at it because, you know, you don't want to get people angry. Um, but it is a really big issue that I see, especially amongst people who are like identify as chronically ill. Right. And I think pointing to what you said, it's like almost like you're asking people to have a little more responsibility for people their don't like that all the time. People don't like that. And I think it's interesting because I definitely didn't have that when I was younger going through this. Like I thought it was their job to fix me. Like, mm-hmm. it's, no, it's your job, like to take like what you said, like have the faith in your practitioners, but you have to also do the work too. And I think that's hard for people. It's really, really hard. And it's about also building those boundaries, having self-respect. Like if you don't have self-respect, you're not going to know how to approach yourself and um, support yourself through that process. When you come across anything that's difficult, you're probably going to go go back to those behaviors that got you here or, Mm -hmm. you know, go back to things that just innately don't support your body. Um, and it's difficult because yeah, I, I see a lot of those individuals and it breaks my heart Yeah. because I mean, I, I probably spend over or about like 25% of my appointment time with people is talking about how to trust their body. Interesting. People are just like, I don't trust this body. Yeah. I don't think I can heal. I don't have confidence. This body has only shown me pain. And it's having that conversation of, okay, like, can we somatically, um, can we somatically step out of being in this body sometimes too? And that's where the energy work comes in or talking Mm. about meditation, which is this like, people are like, oh my God, you mentioned meditation. Just like, stop. Like everyone tells me I should meditate. It's like, well, I don't care what meditation looks like for you. You don't need to sit on top of a peak in, you know, um, wherever in the world, like oming for your whole life. It's just find something that gets you out of your human experience so that you can like step aside to yeah. heal a little bit. It's really, really important That's interesting. in those circumstances. Yeah, definitely. That's really helpful. 
Do you, okay, so I was, again, stalking your Instagram. I really loved your post about methylation. I feel like that's a really hot topic right now. Yeah. Just like quickly speak on it because I think so many people are like, oh my God, like what if that's me? And then they just start taking all these things that aren't right for them. And like, it's not bio-individual and it's not right for them, you know? Methylation is a really complex topic, um, but to break it down, essentially methylation is the process of adding methyl donors onto um, specific genes that either like act like a switch. So turning them on or off. Methylation is exactly the process of when your body using those methyl donors to say, hey, we're in a situation, we need to turn on this gene to re-regulate or we need to turn this off because it's not helping us. But what happens because we live in an increasingly toxic world, not even just toxic, like the things like the air, the water, the soil, Mm. you know, our food, Um, also emotionally toxic, right? Go, go, go. We have to, we have to achieve, we have to climb the ladder. Those are uh, toxin behaviors in and of themselves. So this behave, these behaviors that we have um, that fill our toxin bucket, they essentially have been causing like a chronic under methylation pattern in people and under methylation, you need methylation to help your liver detoxify. So if you don't have methylation happening, you are accumulating everything just like a normal person would, but it might affect you so much more because you can't remove detoxify and clear. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is also important when it comes to nutrients, because there are specific nutrients that under methylators cannot absorb properly, like, um, like B12 or certain or folate. Right. And that's why we see methylfolate, Mm -hmm. um, methylcobalamins. Those are really important for under methylators. And when we talk about like mental illness, a lot of people who have mental um, are within the bracket of mental illness, whether it's schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, a lot of these things can be attributed, attributed to undermethylation patterns or overmethylation patterns. Cause that's the other side of this, where your body is constantly doing all these processes too much. And that could be just as much of a problem. So yeah, methylation is a really big thing to talk about. Wow. Mic drop. So you can test for that then. Uh, yeah, we actually have a methylation scan and it pulls up, um, different like gene snips mm-hmm. and, uh, it's, it's kind of confusing for a client to look at and be like, well, what does this mean? Because I mean, if you're not like a trained eye, you're not going to know what, you know, an MTHFR snip is going to, to mean for you. Right. Um, but yeah, we can, we can pull that up and like quantify that and see how the body's acting, but it's also important to note. Um, and this is in, in the book, dirty genes, I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Ben Lynch talks about how you can, you can have something like an MTHFR snip or two and be, have the potential to under methylate. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that you're actually under methylating. Like having a genetic propensity doesn't mean that you're actually acting out. Right. Yep. That's like load the gun, but our behaviors pull the trigger. Yeah. So that's really important for people to understand too, because people are getting all these genetic testing and they're like, just, just identifying with that test. But mm-hmm. it's like, let's look at what your, your potentials are. And then also look at your, how your body's acting and those things together really tell us, you know, more concisely what's going on. Yeah. Well, that's like epigenetics right there. Yes. Like yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. So good. Okay. What's something that you don't like about your field? Like, is there anything that you just are kind of like, Oh my God, like there's like any like attitudes about it or like something that you personally just like irks you. Mm, That's a really good question. Um, (laughs) we all, we all have skeletons in our closets. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think being a practitioner 
being a practitioner in any field, like I think I think I have to show up in a certain way. Right. Um, I have to hold myself in a certain way for people to see value in me. Mm-hmm. And um, or like I have to come online and I can't show people that if, if I go get a beer once in a while. Right. Or like if I if I have like God forsake like a, a gluten free cheeseburger even sometimes feels like I can't share that. You know what I mean? It's How like dare you? It's like you know these these things that like oh these practitioners are perfect because so right. many of my clients are like oh you know you must just have it all together and it's like this has been a long journey for me. That's why I find myself here. Yeah. Um, and so that's one thing is like people perceiving us as perfect. Um, good. Yeah. Other thing too, is supplement pushing. Um, you know, it happens a lot of the time and when it's not necessary. Right. Um, and it makes people feel like they need these things to get better when they're ignoring the, the other pillar or uh, all the other pillars of health, like nutrition, right. yeah. and, you know, hydration, mm-hmm. mental wellness, like all of those huge things. You're like, let me just go to the supplement. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's another big thing that I see. Ugh. I love how honest you are. And I think it really gives people validity and space to be who they are, because I think you're right. Like people have this perception that in order to be like a healer and a teacher, you have to be completely everything figured out. But I find more times it's just like, no, someone's just a little bit further on the same path that you are. Like we're all just kind of like supposed to be sharing our knowledge that we've gained. It's not like like this whole perfectionism thing. No, no. And I, I think, you know, with all like the health issues that I've had in my history, um, like I, if someone said like, would you, would you rather take all of those away? And I feel like I wouldn't want anything to be any different because the reason I'm here and I'm able to hold space for people is because all of the experiences that I've had in life. And a lot Mm -hmm. of them came from, you know, not understanding why I couldn't digest certain foods and having, you know, mental illness in my family and having to like deal with what that looked like for them. Or, you know, it's like my experiences have made me be able to step into the person I am today. And that's a big thing I tell my clients who are in the beginning of their struggling or in their path of being like, what does this mean for me? I'm never going to get well. These little things, these difficulties in life are exactly what are going to propel you in the future to know how to help somebody when they need it. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a practitioner, I don't know, like that doesn't mean you're supposed to be a practitioner if you deal with these things, but it's, you're going to be able to offer so much solace in this life in certain situations. I think that's really powerful for people to understand. Yeah. And even if you're not destined to be a practitioner, it's just like having that ability to empathize with people that maybe you didn't have before or like just yeah. having more of an understanding of your body. Yeah. I totally agree with you. I'm not going to sit here and say like people's illnesses are their fault or anything, but like, I do think it's part of your journey for a reason. And I, I love that. That's beautiful. Okay. So my little herbalism queen, what is your favorite herb and why? Oh, okay. I love this question. Uh, my favorite herb is oat straw or oat okay. tops. And I love this herb because it's kind of one of those like forgotten weeds, you know, like people, like it grows in fields. People just kind of like ignore it. Um, you know, it's the same plant that literally grows oats that we eat and make oatmeal with. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, we hear a lot about these amazing, like, like right, right now, what's really hip is, um, or it's been hip for like a couple of years is adaptogens, right? Everyone's uh, like, ugh. give me all the adaptogens yes. so I can like continue to do my bad behaviors and just like adapt to yeah. them. And it's like, <laughs> no, okay. Everybody like adaptogens are great, but like these, um, 
these what's what's called topo restoratives i feel Ooh. like they are the true adaptogens and this is not like in any textbook or anything this is literally just my assessment of them but for instance oat straw is a topo restorative that literally feeds nutrition to your adrenals things like b vitamins magnesium selenium like there's so much mineral goodness too in this herb that over the long period of time, it builds that nutrition in an organ. And that's where we really get true resilience because adaptogens, <clears throat> they help you um, balance your nervous system, mm -hmm. right? Which can help adapt or your organs, different situations. Mm -hmm. But what you really want is like long standing support, mm -hmm. right? And that's why having these relationship with having a relationship with an herb, which is like me and a vena sativa, which is um, oat straw or oat mm -hmm. tops. Okay. We have this, like, we're like this, like we've been working together for a really <laughs> long time. And I'm going to tell you, like, it's, it's really night and day, like bef me before that. And me after that, mm -hmm. I feel like, like she's taught me like so much grounding in life and how to notice in my body when I'm like getting depleted, like when she calls me back, you know, like it's, it's so crazy. And I know people, once again, people want quick fixes, but with herbalism, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. It's not about just using them whenever you want to use them. It's about having a true relationship with them. And that's when you see the most benefit. So oh. that's why I love oat straw and other topo restoratives are great too. Like Hawthorne's a great one and that builds the heart, right? Hawthorne's a great medicine for people who have also like any type of, um, heart disease. Okay. It's a really safe medicine too. It doesn't have many contraindications with like, you know, statins or anything like that. So these safe medicines that help build organ systems from like just time and consistency mm -hmm. with using them. Those are my favorites. Mm, that's so good. I love that you called it a her. I, yeah. I feel like I feel, I, I don't know. I haven't like, it might just be cause like I wanted to have female energy, but um, it truly feels like that. Like that is like a mothering herb to me. And I think from someone who has like mothering wounds, like that's been really big in me is just finding these things in life that give me those hugs, that give me that like serenity and that um, wherewithal to keep going forward. Definitely. So do you ever recommend, like, would you recommend people take oat straw if it calls to them? Or would you recommend like seeing an herbalist first? Like, it sounds like it's pretty safe. Like, yeah, oat straw, nettle, like those those types of herbs are really like food. Uh -huh. You can actually eat them as like you know we eat oats like a porridge. Nettles are literally something that we could like are green that we can uh -huh. eat. But when we use them herbally, they're also very safe. Yeah. Um, of course, like nettles are diuretic, so if people have like kidney insufficiency, sometimes they should be careful there. Um, but for the most part, these herbs are fairly safe, and that's why I recommend them a lot of the time. Other herbs, when you get into um, adaptogens, they're not all safe. No. And they're not safe for the long run. People are using things like ashwagandha like every single day in their life. No, you should not be doing that. You uh -huh. should be alternating between herbs or, you know, talking with a licensed herbalist to help you really decide which type of herb is best for you to use or if it's best to use in combination just to protect mm -hmm. yourself because nature is great, but nature can also hurt you if you use her wrongly. Definitely. I love that we like connected because I was just going to ask you about ashwagandha. So that's really good because ashwagandha does not work for me. Mm. What does so, it do for you? Well, how do you it, feel? Like, it cracks me out. Like I get my body like feels so shaky and like, it's too much for me. It's really interesting. But yeah. I feel like ashwagandha actually has a male energy. Um, I would say the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, very like 
out of all of the adaptogen, um, out of all of the adaptogens, I really feel like that one's very like forceful. It is forceful. Um, yeah. And I, I don't really like it personally for myself either. Um, yeah. but it's, it's interesting that you say that because that's a common thing that I hear from people where they're like, wow, I tried this cause I have anxiety and it's right. like, it made me feel so much worse or, um, yeah. So that's, those are the things too. It's like when you can connect with your body and be like, I took this in, how does that make me feel? Mm-hmm. You know, you're also a radar yeah. all the time. You're picking up things. It's just, mm-hmm. are you there to listen to them? And so it's good that you're able to say, okay, no, like okay. that's not my medicine right now, maybe <laughs> no. later on in life, but not right now. Right. And that kind of bridges into like that connection element that I think people are missing because I think that's kind of the blessing and the curse of our situation right now is you can go get any herb you want from the store. Yeah. We have so much access and all of these tools at our finger, at least on this side of the, I don't know, planet, like in our, I don't know. We're very blessed to be able to get anything from anywhere around the world. Yeah. To our detriment sometimes. Yeah. Like you still, I think that connection is first and people like say, or hear an influencer or someone talk about an herb and they're like, oh my God, I need that. But it's like, you have to really Mm -hmm. connect with yourself and see if that's what you really need. Wow. That brings me back to that question that you actually said, like, what's something that's that kind of like rubs you wrong or is icky about this whole mm-hmm. profession. And I think that influencer thing, you just like mm-hmm. hit something on the head that I wanted to go back to <laughs> cool. because I get a lot of companies reaching out to me and I'm not like, I, I don't consider myself like this, like Instagram influencer, but I guess like once you start growing your, yourself a little bit more, like people look at you like that, okay, like yeah, and you can't cool. help it. And I have to be very, very careful about what I say, because literally people will take it as scribe. Um, and I get companies that reach out to me and they're like, Hey, let's work, let's, let's work together. Like, and you see what they're doing. And it's like, it's that one thing again, of like pushing something or telling everybody they need this. And it's like, wow, like, like, I don't want to be an influencer and tell you what to do with your body. Like, I Mm -hmm. want to tell you how to listen to your body. So going back to that question, that just uh, brought something up in me. I love that. And it's, interesting that you bring that up because I think everyone's an influencer, like everyone. Mm-hmm. I don't, and we're easily influenced. If so. you, right. Even if you don't have a following, like everyone, even like my roommates influence me, it doesn't have, you don't yeah. have to have like a million followers to influence someone in a certain way. And that's something that I think is so true, but you can't like give, it's still their responsibility to make their decisions. Like, I think overall, like you're providing so much benefit to people and it's just like being able to discern, like it's their decision if they want to run with it, but you can't like make that decision for them, you know, but it's, exactly. it's true. Like you do have to, I think everyone has to kind of like be careful, quote unquote, what they say or like, or maybe do we, I don't know. Like that's the thing. It's like, I, I, I feel like I'm a very moral human being. Like I have a lot of morals and I think that's also a very Libra yeah. thing, right? You, yeah. Um, they say like, you're a good diplomat or you're like a good lawyer, if yeah. you're a Libra. but it's like, I have so <laughs> yeah. many morals. And I feel like one of my morals is like, I, I feel very uncomfortable sharing some information unless I preface it with like, this does not mean this is good for everybody. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I start off a lot of my conversations like that. Like I do a lot of education on Instagram, like yeah. for free, just like time. Cause yeah. I love doing that. I love yeah. helping people, especially who can't afford to come to the clinic, but I have to be very careful and I have to discern and know that people are going to be listening to me and say, okay, Lauren said this, but you know, like, yep. how does that, you know, it, it's like, I want people to know how to take space. So I don't, I don't yep. look at myself as an influencer. Um, like that's not what I want to look at myself as. Um, I just want to be an educator right? and help people guide and be their own, you mm-hmm. know, 
decision makers. I think you definitely are. I don't think you have to want that because you're crushing it in my opinion. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You really are. I love your content. It's beautiful and so helpful. And I think it's a lot of social media is energy neutral, right? It's what we put into it. Like you could be one of those people that was like, yo, buy this because it's going to change your life just to get that like um, affiliate, like whatever, but you're not, you know? Yeah, it would be easy money, but like, Uh it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't um, resonate with me. Yeah. And there are certain companies that I I do promote because I've truly seen them make a lot of change or they're generally safe for a large amount of people. Mm -hmm. But even those, it's like, you know, I can't really tell you if something's good for you or not if you're not my client. Yeah, definitely. I love it. How do you take care of yourself? And since you do have to hold space for so many people. That's a really big. So it's, it's, it looks very different now because, um, gosh, like the last like eight months of my life, I've never been more busy. And although like, I'm very thankful, it's, Mm -hmm. um, taking care of myself now is not as as extravagant as it used to be. Um, waking up a little bit earlier to go on a walk, right? Like that, that to me is like a time for myself or a time with me and my partner, right? Like finding time where I can just either be with me or connect with people I love is actually really, really hard these days. Yeah. So, um, making sure I get a walk in, making sure I, I eat. That's also, I mean, some of these things are like very, very basic, but when you're exceptionally busy, they actually kind of just fall to the wayside. Mm-hmm. Right. So making sure I get up and I make myself like a nice breakfast or a good lunch, right. I'm not skipping lunch. That's something that happens a lot too. And you overwork. Um, taking the weekends to not work too, to put my stuff aside when you're like, when you're, you know, self-employed, it's kind of like, you can always be working. There's always something to do. There's no one clocking you in and out. So really saying, Hey, let's stop this and let's go take a bubble bath or let's go like, you know, watch a good movie, like get some laughs in those Mm -hmm. for me right now, even the basics are just what I needed and what are really keeping me thriving. But I mean, Lauren, long ago when she had all the time in the world, she was all about her bubble baths, all about her herbal concoctions, like drinking like 64 ounces a day. Cause I have mm. the time to do those things, but mm. life changes. Life changes. I love that because I think some people hear self-care rituals and they think it has to be this, some like elaborate thing, but it really doesn't. Like, I think mm-hmm. the beauty is in the mundane, like the spirit lives in the mundane and like making yourself a nourishing breakfast and going on a walk. That. You know, it's, it's so like, that's, I love that because I, I don't want my happiest to- moment right now is literally like having a tonic and like sitting yeah. and reading a book. Yeah. And that's like, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. yeah I love that. I, that's how I know. Like my nervous system has been changing is because I never used to take baths. Like I used to like, not when people eat- tell me they never used to take baths. <laughs> I'm like, how, how do you not like, I know, like I used to like mask it, saying, like, I don't want to waste all the water. And I do still think about that, but it was more oh, of like, yeah. I just realized this like last week, it was like the fact that I thought I always had to be productive. Like it didn't matter what I was doing, but like my self-worth was tied to my productivity and I couldn't stop. I couldn't just stop and read like a bath, a, a bath, <laughs> read a bath, read a book in the bath. I couldn't stop, you know? That's Fantastic. a really deep conversation we could go into there too, because I, I relate to that being like an overachiever and like, where does that come from? Yeah. Right? Like where does, I mean, there is still like a very big part of me who feels like I'm um, here and able to do this because of those, you know, triggers and things like that. But 
be able, being able to be like, oh, wow, like I know why I act this way Mm -hmm. and then modulate it to be healthier is also exceptionally hard. And I think a lot of professional people who look like they're killing it out there, like they have those wounds. Everyone does. It's like Mm -hmm. new level, new devil. You know, there's always. Oh, that's a really good one. New level, new devil. (laughs) Thank you. But um, yeah, I've been really. I think that's something that's really embedded in our culture, right? Because before, like we, I mean, I guess we could relax, but I do. Yeah, you're right. That's a really deep conversation because I think so many people's worths are tied to what they do. It's like, I used to get so much anxiety every time I had to call in sick Mm because I thought everyone thought that I was like dicking around or like, I wasn't worthy of just like laying down and giving my body rest. Like when I got sick, I wouldn't even take naps because I thought like, even, okay, this is my day off. I have to like squeeze everything out of it, even though I'm sick, like I have to do something. And it's like really being able to slow down. Yeah. Giving yourself that space to just be yeah, and like not be anything else, like not associate with anything else, but yourself in that moment. It's really, really hard. And I think everybody's uncomfortable with it, which is why things like meditation are really hard mm-hmm. um yeah and it never gets easier mm-hmm. right like people who meditate for like 20 years they're like yeah it's still very very difficult to show up every mm-hmm. day mm-hmm. yep um I think it's interesting it's different around the world though like we definitely have a worse like if you go to like an island people take naps they like do, like they, it's island time you know people are just like whenever is the time whenever oh it's so real you're right you're right <laughs> It's built into the culture too. And that's, that, you know, when these, these cultural norms are really, I think what feed our nervous systems. Cause I remember when I was traveling after high school, I went on like a Europe trip. And when I was in Spain and just like the siesta culture, I was like, wow, I feel like I've met my people yeah. because back, back home in America, like I feel like lazy when I take a nap, but over here, it's like, it's like, that's what you do. That's normal. If you don't do that, it's like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm normal isn't a thing I'm no. gonna personally boycott the word normal I like that um a caution we should start a um start a meme or something with that yes make it viral yes. <laughs> boycott the norm. I'm over it. um you mentioned Akashic records do you want to touch on that really quickly I thought that was beautiful because I've opened them once and I'm still integrating everything that they told me it's not so like so it's yeah it's I would love to learn how to like do it on, I bought a book to like, try to like process that on my own, but like, I'm just not there yet. Um, But I, I actually, I um, had an Akashic Records reading, what was it? Almost a year ago, about a year ago to the date, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. And um, I didn't know what to expect, right? It was my first like Akashic Records reading. I knew briefly what the Akashic Records were, um, but essentially like this reading showed me something that I feel like I was feeling inside, but I didn't know how to put into words. Right. So she kept telling me that, like, um, how do I even put this into words? It's, it's weird to like verbalize everything. Um, essentially like the big message was that like, there's something that you're waiting to do and you're holding yourself back by just not stepping into it. And at that time, I mean, she knew nothing about me. Right. Like at that time I was really like, gosh, we, uh, I was just kind of thinking about how to start a business, how to be like a practitioner, Mm -hmm. um, being scared to step into that role too. And that's something I'll talk about in a second. Um, but being scared to step into that role and take like the center stage. Mm -hmm. And it was really fascinating because she was like, all of your ancestors are just like literally pushing you 
Like they are literally pushing you. That's probably why you, whatever she's like, whatever you want to do, it's probably why you feel so scared. But you, in your mind, you feel like you need all these accolades. You need to finish this. You need to finish that before you feel qualified for anyone to ever want to listen to you. But she's like, that's, that's a story you're telling yourself literally within the next month is when I first started doing biophotonic testing readings. Mm. And from there, like, it's just been like nonstop. Like I just stepped into what I get for me. Like, I feel, I feel successful, you know, like I feel, I feel good, um, doing what I'm doing. And I, I feel like having that Akashic record reading just like push me into this realm, but it's been a big process because also to talk about this, I have, um, my North node is in Capricorn Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my South node um, is in Libra. And so what they say about the North node and the South node is like your South node is kind of what you've been, if you believe in past lives, right. This mm-hmm. is, uh, me and you, I think we, we vibe on this. Um, give it to me. I don't care. So like when your, your South node is what you've been doing for like many, many lifetimes, right. It's, some, it's a comfort place for you and mm-hmm. being, I'm a Libra, right anyway, my, my sun sign. And I'm also a South node Libra. So it's very easy for me to kind of like be by myself to just go into that nurturing space and nurturing myself and others. Like that is my Mm go-to, right? I I'm a very good nurturer. Um, I'm a very good, like I have mother energy, Yes, you do. but the thing is, is to, in your current lifetime, whatever your South node is, is actually what you need to step away from. Mm -hmm. And that's been very hard for me because, um, especially when you're in a relationship too, like telling, like being like, oh, this is who I used to be. And now this is who I need to like curate a little yeah. bit more of that Capricorn North node, which is the opposite of the South node. Mm-hmm. That's very like individual. Like this is yeah. like, I'm here. I have a purpose. I'm going to go forward with my purpose. And I'm not really, I mean, I'm that this isn't me, but part of that energy is like, I'm not really going to think too much about what you think about it. Yeah. This is my time. Yeah, I've never given myself that energy in my life. I I'm, I call myself like a um, recovering codependent. Mm-hmm. Um, oh my gosh, it's very much who I am. Like I I grew up wanting to please other people, um, and it comes from having like alcoholic father and all of this stuff that we could go oh into. God. But um, yeah, just just needing to people please and needing to take care of people to fill my own cup because that's how I felt like I could just get love. Yeah. So it's been very difficult to have that Akashic Records reading and then also to understand my North and South node and to be like, wow, I see why this is so difficult for me, but I see how all of my success so far has really come into stepping into that Capricorn, Capricornian energy. Um, Every day it's a struggle, but yeah, it's, it's been profound for me. Do you want to hear something nuts though? Yeah. So my son is Taurus, right? Uh-huh. My South node is also in Taurus. Oh, I love that. You're so <laughs> earthly. <laughs> so I feel you because I, I just had a reading literally yesterday. And he's like, that's why you have so, and it's in the 12th house. So it's so okay. hard for me to access like myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's so interesting. Like, I don't know if it's always like that, that your son and your South node are in the same sign. Yeah. It like, makes it very difficult. Yeah. For us. Yeah. Totally. And he was saying that like, that's why we have, like, we were really here to heal that stuff and like take the good parts about that sun sign and also take the gifts that we've like learned and integrate them so that we can go into our North node. Yes. And that's our purpose. Our purpose in this life is to go into our North node. Like that Mm -hmm. is where we're going to find our joy, our fulfillment. Um, Yeah. yeah, it's, it's wild. 
That's so interesting. It's like yeah. take everything who you thought you were and then change it. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I just thought yeah. about this metaphor because you know, like butterflies, right? They were once little caterpillars and they literally go into the little cocoons and people think they just morph into a butterfly, but no, you literally they become like goop. They become mush. Yeah. You have they, to like don't exist mushrooms. anymore. It's so weird. Yeah, it's like the whole ego death, right? Like the primordial have- goo. The primordial goo. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's a good one. Title of the episode. Just kidding. <laughs> Life in the primordial goo. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think about it, you know, we hear people go through like these parts in life where, um, or what do they call it? Like midlife crisis, right? Uh-huh. I, I'm starting to think that like midlife crisis is actually when people are just starting to realize that they need to step into their mm. North node uh-huh. because i like that's that bridge point where it's like, okay, I've been operating here and it's not working and I feel traction. Why am I feel traction? Cause I haven't stepped into this new part. Yeah. And it's so cool that, you know, people, there's so many people now with the tools and the resources to be able to show people these things earlier on, mm-hmm. which is maybe why we're having like these existential crises oh as, like millennials earlier on, but I don't know. That's I feel like I've had like 27 midlife crises. Yeah, I'm- me too. I'm like, I, I just like expect it once a year, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's like, that's like the new norm. Become goop once a year. <laughs> once a year, I'm like, what is life? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, and then you're like, okay, good, I'm over it. I wonder, sidetrack. Well, I wonder like if there's like a certain planet transit happening at like since you said each year. I wonder if there's like something going on that's making you do that, you know? Or like influencing. Okay. That's really interesting. I wonder I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it. I feel like every month there's something that I can attach to and be like okay that's why I feel that way yeah okay we'll track it and then in a year we'll do another one and then we'll, we'll track yeah it. we'll see we'll see what happens yeah we'll take a look at Lauren's planets okay something I would love to talk about is your skincare line yay yes so cool. my little baby um baby. yeah it's been so interesting too because um okay so I love to use my hands I said that already in the beginning, <laughs> um, but making skincare was like never something I thought I was going to do right back 2015. It was, I went through this whole period in my life. Um, you know, it was the new year. It just become 2015. And I was like, I threw away like all my makeup. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and I have never been bought makeup since. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh wow. Like I just threw it all away. Cause I was like, all of this stuff is so nasty. Like, why am I putting this on my face? Yeah. Right. I went through so like a bad. thing. And then I realized I was looking at all like my natural skincare because I still kept like my little bottles of oils and all the stuff. And I looked at the back and I was like, wow, all of this is greenwashed. Like all of this tells me it's going to, you know, it's beautiful, it's herbal, it's plant-based, but then you look in it and it has like all of these like nasty chemicals and like just overuse of essential oils, which can also be bad. Like there's just so much like yuck in it. And I was like, okay, those got to go too. So knowing what I knew and like my little herbal knowledge, I essentially took like a whole year and I formulated skincare. Like that was like the best thing I could find. Oh right. Cause God. I was like skincare oh. super expensive one. And I was not making that much money at the time. Yeah. And, um, I was like, I'm self-sufficient. I'm gonna, I love to make things myself. So I put together this like amazing formulation. My first one was I, at the time, um, I called it botanical skincare um, or botanical bouquet. That was like the name of when okay. it was my first brand. Um, but it was basically 
like 13 plants that I put together. They like sat for up to like six weeks in oil, like macerating together. Wow. Like it was just like the most beautiful thing. And when I, when I finished the product and like put it on my face, like I used it for, you know, I think it was like three weeks before a couple of my friends were like, what are you doing? Like mm-hmm. your skin looks so nice. Like they knew I wasn't wearing makeup. Like they're like, wow, you just look like really good. So I started giving these free like vials away, you know, and people were like, oh my God, like you need to sell this. And I was like, I need to sell this. Like what? <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, and, but slowly I stepped on and like I did the Etsy and I like was selling stuff and I go to like markets and that's kind of how everything blossomed. Um, but it came to a point after I sold from like 2016 to, um, yeah, I started selling in 2016 and then I kind of stopped around 2018, 19. I was like puttering out a little bit just because I didn't have the time to do everything. You know, I was like in school full-time, um, had other visions. So I put it aside and I told the universe, I was like, okay, if this is meant to be like, it'll come back and I'm not going to force it because it was feeling forced at the time. Mm -hmm. So Lo and behold, um, one of our NTA girls, Natalie, um, she had a vision with another friend of hers, Amanda, and was like, they wanted to make skincare because they also felt like there was a real big gap in mm. what they could find. Mm-hmm. And so when they finally came around talking about it, they kind of, um, Natalie mentioned me and she was like, Hey, like, I know this herbalist who actually has had these products that, you know, are really great. Let's talk to her and see if we can come together and do something. So us three ladies came together and we've like recently just started story of skin. So rebranded everything, but using like my formulations, um, and we're just really going to like bring it to the masses, which I'm super excited about because now I have help. I don't have to do every single thing on my, on my own. Um, and I get to just make skincare and like, they get to do all the business side of it. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's fun too. That's Um, But I get to be a creator and just, um, you know, talk about why this is so important. Mm-hmm. because our skin is like you know this comes to contact with everything and although a lot of skincare lines are like okay we need to get rid of fine lines we need to get rid of this we need to get rid of that I'm more focused on how do we nourish our skin in the first place right like because oh, you can yeah. you can age and you can look nourished and beautiful and you can still have those things because I think those are beautiful I think lines on your face tell a story I think yeah. smile lines you know they tell that you've had a happy life when you have lines right here and here it's like that's part of your emotional trajectory too. Um, and I just want to like have people feel more comfortable on their skin. Mm -hmm. And I want to like debut women who have skin that, you know, is, is rare, like, you know, like these, these real rare beauties. And so I'm excited to start bringing stuff together and doing more education and just continuing to create. Okay. I think I'm in love with you. That's great. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll have to get you some, some story of skin oil. Oh my God. I would promote the shit out of that. Yeah. Okay. I'm down. Um, okay. So I, yeah, I think I'm a little obsessed with herbs, but so like, what is really nourishing for our skin? Like, what is like your favorite formulation that you've made? What's in it? Well, gosh, that was 17 herbs. Questions, so, no, you're good. Um, so our, our, like, um, every story serum is the serum that's kind of like broad spectrum. It's good for like most skin types. Um, it cool. has, you know, of course it has constituents of phytochemicals that work synergistically mm-hmm. and <clears throat> to help with, you know, combating our skin with like the, the rays of the sun. Um, also smog smog is okay. another thing that a lot of skincare lines don't talk about when we protect our skin and have like, when we support our skin to produce its natural oil barrier, which a lot of skincare doesn't, a lot of mm-hmm. skincare takes away the natural bacteria of your skin and the yeah. your ability to pr- produce oil. You actually come into contact with smog and 
you know, all of this pollution outside and it soaks in and affects your skin like more closely. Yeah. So we're all about protecting that barrier. Um, but I use a lot of herbs that, well, it's about the oils, right? The mm-hmm. oil consistency. So we have a really like proprietary special blend of different oils that are mm-hmm. all like processed, um, like raw processed, like cold pressed, um, fresh. That's another thing. They're never kept in like the sun because that degrades oils. Um, so we take like the utmost care at every, every step of the way, but to answer your question about the herbs. So I really focus on herbs that are, excuse me, that are like, that are nourishing also internally, but externally. So minerals, mineral rich herbs are a lot of the blend. So we have things like nettle, plantain, right? We have amla too, which is an Ayurvedic beauty herb. Um, Yeah. All of these herbs that not only are they great on their own, but it's about the synergy. Mm -hmm. And it's like any herbalist that makes a um, tincture, they're going to tell you, you know, an herb isn't you can't just take one plant and expect it to do all these things. You need to bring its friends along so that it has other buddies to kind of pick up where it left off. Right. Yeah. So that's why our, our formula has like, you know, over 12 herbs that <clears throat> work together on drink some water, drink that water girl that work together to work synergistically to support your skin with whatever it needs in that, um, main, um, every skin or every story oil. Sorry. My mouth was like so dry right there. I love the name, the story of skin. I think that's beautiful. And like showing people's stories through their skin. I don't know if that made any sense, but like, no, that's exactly, that's exactly what we want to do. Because if you, um, if you look at it, like, while it's great to see all these, like people with amazing skin, like promoting products, we want, we want real people with real skin issues, um, Mm -hmm. who are actually self-conscious about their skin. We want to make them feel more able to step into that and own whatever it is, whether it's like vitiligo or whether it's like stretch marks or, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many different things. Um, and they don't really classify if you're beautiful or not. It's like, it, we're, we're trying to really speak to like a societal thing here too, oh, at a deeper yeah. level. I can't wait. Yeah. I would, I'm going to definitely buy everything you own. So <laughs> I'm excited. Like I, yeah, we should definitely yeah. get you some stuff because, um, God, it's, it's just been profound in my journey. And I think, I mean, yeah, like it's done a lot of things. Like I used to have sunspots up here and now like Mm -hmm. they're gone. And like, and I attribute that to like a lot of that because I was already eating really well. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't want to push forward that narrative. It's more about nourishing our skin, putting real medicine on our skin. And, you know, if you're going to spend the money, make sure that it's good quality. There's not a lot of that that works out there. And, um, one of the big things too, that I think people need to watch out for, and this is just whether you're going to buy, you know, story of skin stuff or not, a lot of really natural brands, they don't utilize actual plants. They, yeah. So they'll use all of these oils, right. They'll use like, okay, they'll have all these amazing plant-based oils, but then when it comes to actually using a plant that has an action, they'll go to the essential oil and the essential oil, um, is essential oils are great, but they can also be very dangerous for your skin. Totally. If they're used in like, um, a higher percentage, which a lot of products utilize, it actually starts communicating with your hormones, which is one thing. And then, um, the way essential oils are processed, a lot of the actual actions of the, the oil are kind of taken out through the heat, uh, through the heat processing. That's so that's why we go to the actual real raw plants. We macerate them together and they literally soak in oh. this like just seeping out all of that goodness. None of our products ever touch heat. There's no heat processing in any of this. So it's really like 
raw plant-based skincare and it's, wow. it's phenomenal. I'm over the moon about it. I That's just I love being able wow. to read it. I am amazed. That's beautiful. You've really checked all the boxes. Well, I, it's cause like I said, like I, I couldn't find this out there. And so I was like, yeah. I have to create it. And mm -hmm. I never knew that it was going to become this, but yeah. as life happens, you know, yeah. well, people don't understand all the crap that's in our skincare. It's like our skin's a big ass organ. Like we need to take care of it. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Questions. Can you eat it? Can you eat it? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, it wouldn't eat it, hurt because it. It, it, well, it won't hurt you if yeah. you like taste it, but <laughs> I, you know, there is some essential oil in there. We use our essential oils at a under 2% dilution. So mm -hmm. they're very, very small, but things like blue tansy and some of our oils, which we're working on, um, mm -hmm. Ooh, like you wouldn't want to eat that, but right. in a large percent, but, um, you, it's not going to hurt you. Right. I could, if I wanted to. Yeah, you could. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I love that. That's really beautiful. Um, and I think something that you just sparked my memory is like, that's kind of why all these like supplements and things are great, but you're missing the whole synergy of different whole ingredients yes. combined. And that's why like whole foods are so important versus like processed foods or like whole skincare. That's a really, I think that's a really interesting niche you have because you're right. We're just taking all these like little molecules and like trying to put them together. And sometimes they work synergist synergistically, but like Sometimes they don't. And like, I know like hemp, for instance, like it's so much more powerful when it has all of its different components, right? It's just kind yeah. of interesting. You're really bringing like wholeness into skincare, which I think people are starting to get it in like the food space, but like skincare is a different beast. I think. Yeah. It's it, it skincare gets like washed to the side. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of like, well, we're doing all these things for our insides and we get why it's so important nutritionally but when it comes to, I mean, gosh, people use, people get crazy about their skincare. They literally like layer on all the things and yeah. like, that's great if, that, if that's what you like to do, but it's so important because our skin is our largest organ. Everything that your skin comes into contact with, it is absorbing mm -hmm. and that's going through your lymphatic system. It's going to your liver. So it's really yeah. not something that we shouldn't talk about. Um, so I'm just like safe skincare. That's effective. That's my whole thing. Safe and effective skincare. Cool. 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 Yeah, I agree. Um, I just have a few more questions. What was, what was like baby Lauren? Like, like what did, what did baby Lauren look like? <laughs> like before she became this wellness guru? Was she, how old was baby Lauren? Baby Lauren. Like, are we talking about like actual baby Lauren or like, <laughs> or like just little, just like little younger Lauren. Yeah. Like a little younger, little toddler Lauren. Interesting. Um, ah, it was really hard for me to make friends as a kid. Um, I think well, I'm an only child. So like, I always was spending a lot of time alone. Um, and I always thrived alone too. Like I, I never, I was raised with my grandparents. And one of the things my grandfather always taught me is he was like, boring people get bored. Ooh, yes. And so I was always like raised to be very self-sufficient with my time and like what I do and how I like nurture my men mental space. Right. So I was like always in my room painting or reading or listening mm. to music. I did like, I professionally danced for like 13 years of my life. What? So like, that was also like a very big part of me. I know I never talked about it, cool. um, but yeah, like I, I was very expressive, you know, I was always making things. Um, that was 
kind of goes into who I am today, right? Like I love to just be creative. Um, I love to be in the garden when I was a kid. I had friends, but like, I've never had like a big group of friends. I've always had just like one or two people who I really confided in Mm -hmm. because I I always felt really um, intimidated by like large groups of people. (laughs) You know, I I just didn't drive that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I said, I'm an introvert and I like to invite people into my space Mm -hmm. um, as opposed to always being invited into other people's spaces mm-hmm. but um trying to get more comfortable with that in life uh but but yeah it's it I was a very interesting kid I think and I think being raised by grandparents like my music interests weren't the same as other mm. people like my movies I like my references for things like I didn't have pop culture references right like I was so I would be like hey did, like do you like that song by Frank Sinatra like and people <laughs> would be like like what or like my no, grandma loves like Patsy Klein and like and yeah yeah like my, I did, my first concert was Britney Spears, but even then it's like, oh, I feel like yeah. I went to be cool. I feel like I went because like, that's what everyone did in third grade. You know, it's like, go to see Britney Spears, but like at home, I'd listen to Patsy Cline or like Frank Sinatra Aww. or like, you know, just like all of the old vintage Hawaiian songs. Like that was my grandparents' Ooh. favorite too. So it's that's like, that's cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into that. Interesting. It, yeah. It's like, I didn't really have much of a reference for, for life, um, with in terms of like kids my age and I think that kind of followed me throughout my life too like I don't really care about pop culture I don't I never was interested in it um I kind of like the things that are like underground now mm-hmm. which might be popular because people are like oh it's underground like that's a whole nother right. thing but it's been like my life like that's yeah I don't know if that makes sense it does it's an interesting sense. question it's hard. I've never actually answered a question like that before <laughs> I just think it's interesting like thinking about who people were because like your soul has always been your soul right but like we like interact with things differently throughout our lives and I think it's interesting looking back and being like well what was like my kid self like I'm like yeah that's my my uh my boyfriend Jesus he did this um whole project on like people's history and like who they are now in their childhood and I remember he was interviewing me for his project and it was so enlightening because he was like why you know trying to like decipher like why I am this practitioner or like why Mm -hmm. I like to help people or um and we went back a lot to my childhood and about how being raised with my grandparents like they weren't healthy you know like Mm -hmm. my grandma by the time I was in third grade my grandma had had like three heart attacks and like a triple heart bypass like I remember painting my room with my grandpa like he had a stroke like as a kid like I was a little kid like observing like the mortality of who I considered my mom and dad Right. You know, so like growing up, it's like, I also feel like I had a lot of responsibility to change that narrative from a very, very young age too. Right. And that's why, I mean, gosh, <laughs> I went vegan, like in raw food in like high school, you know, like yeah. I, like we're all, everyone was like, uh, I mean, I went through my phases in high school mm-hmm. too, of like being like a stoner and like, gosh, oh, yeah. that was a big part of my life too. But, um, like finally, like junior year deciding like, wow, like I need to change my narrative at such a young age. And my family just being like, whoa, like, who are you? Like, what is all this? Like, I don't understand it. Yeah. So that's also a big part of me. Um, but that's like kind of a little older. Yeah, that's fascinating. So you've always been had like that nurturing energy and like watching people like without health. And yeah, I think that definitely planted a seed. Yeah, big time. And you're still a creator. You still make things and your jewelry. So we can touch on that for a second because I want to plug that for you for sure. Yeah. So I don't, I haven't really been making jewelry that much because I'm so like, um, just busy. Right. Mm -hmm. But, 
that's another part of me, like just liking to use my hands and work with stones and crystals and raw yeah. metals. I feel like these are very like earth elements. And I feel like as a, a, um, an air sign, you know, a Libra, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all up in the air and I have yeah. my hands everywhere. Um, and being able to like really ground mm-hmm. and use these like materials from the earth to make things. I don't know. It like speaks oh, yeah. to some like primordial thing in me where I'm like, wow, this feels good. This feels good to create something out of like something that the earth made Definitely. and then like utilize in my life. So I did uh, from like 2011 to also it kind of overlapped with my jewelry to like 2018 ish. I was selling jewelry. Um, that's kind of like how I made like the first, the first taste of like really making money self-sufficiently was with yeah. jewelry. So that was really fun. It's still a big part of my life, but mostly I do it for me now. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Um, we'll do a collab one day with my stones that I make and then your, I love your stones, your yeah. little cabochons. Oh yeah. my gosh. Is that how you say it? Cabochon. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. I've been saying it wrong. Wait. Wow. How, how do you say it? I'm sure it's like, I mean, I don't know. I was like cabochon. No, <laughs> that's fine. It, I feel like so many people do that. Like it's spelled so weird too. So yeah, your grandpa has like a whole jewelry thing going, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got, he's got all the things he's got like rock saws and shapers. And that is so cool. I, mm-hmm. I, I would love to talk to him one day. He's yeah. You would dig him. He's a really cool person. When I lived back in the Bay area, um, in California for anyone who's listening, is not in California. Um, <laughs> there, um, there was this um, San Francisco Rock Society and I always wanted to be a part of it, but I never ever got to do it. But they had like a whole um, group of people who would just like meet up on Saturdays and like make cabochons. And I was like, that is so neat. Just to be able to take like this raw stone and like turn it into something like beautiful and Mm -hmm. faceted and- Yeah, and it's with your hand. about that. Yeah, Yeah. you did that. Like I did the thing. I feel like if I retire one day, like that's another thing too. Like I'm, 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 I like investments and like retirements and like, I can, I love to talk about that stuff, but thank no, you for touching on that. Yeah. That's another yeah. It's like, um, one day, like I want to retire early and just like make jewelry, you know, yeah. like do things that like, don't really, I don't need to make money from them, but just bring me joy, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. like make little herbal tinctures. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, I love that. Yeah. Your finance stuff too. You really into I am. And I think it's, um, it's a weird, I would like to create more space to talk about this because like, Mm -hmm. I know that a lot of people have money wounds. Um, Mm -hmm. I I think, yeah, I do too. Like, and it's, it's, I think it's funny because, um, I mean, shout out, I go to therapy like every week. I think therapy is amazing. And I think everyone should do it no matter where they are in their life. Um, but like, it's something that I've really been focusing on in therapy is like, why do I have this need to work so hard and to save my money and to like how to like make that a healthy thing right Mm -hmm. and so I've been like slowly on my platform on Instagram talking about like wellness just in general and how money like money is a pillar in wellness as well financial um financial understanding of how money works um and Mm -hmm. why that's so important for freedom too I I just recently read this book and he was saying like it's so important to just have f you money and I love yes, that, right? It's like, fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, like just because there's so many things in your life where you don't want to be at the sway of other people, no. right? That like freedom doesn't mean having a Mercedes Benz and having like the coolest shoes that cost like $400 or the biggest house, you know, like what you see on the outside doesn't really correlate with what you feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I think when people start to like change their narrative of what, what, um, what feels good, what security feels like to them 
they start to more so realize that it's about just having safety. Yeah. Having a safety net. And I want to really like talk to people about this because it's big. It's so big that it's like, I, I have clients who are like, I just hurt spending money. You know, I hurt spending money on myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I, I also feel that way, right? Like spending money that's hard earned can, it it has a visceral reaction, but also teaching people that like, you can invest in yourself and make things like you can investing in yourself, for instance, can be like the biggest awakening. Yeah. When I, when I first started investing in myself with different like certifications and stuff, like my world changed exponentially, mm-hmm. right? Like there, it opens up such a place for you to even make more, um, abundance in your life. And right. so using money as an abundance tool, as a part from like thinking of it as like a scarcity thing, mm-hmm. I want to start talking about that more. So yeah. I haven't really, um, opened up the conversation too much, but I'm slowly starting to do that. Yeah. Big. I love that. And then there's like the other side of the thing is like people spend money that they don't have because they feel like they don't have that ability to keep that container. Right. It's like, there's too much space and too much of a safe, like that's almost scary too. It's like people are comfortable feeling so restrained just because that's all they know. And that's probably how they grew up. And like, I definitely, it's all unlearning. Like a Mm -hmm. a lot of our wounds come because we were shown these scarcity behaviors. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because scarcity behaviors sometimes look very expansive, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, like you were saying, like needing to get this or needing to get that, like needing to own these things, but really like owning these things sometimes means that you own nothing, right? Like you see these people and they own, or they have big houses and they have big cars and they go on vacations. They have three yeah. homes, mm-hmm. but they really, at the end of the day, if, if they lost their job, they don't own any of it and it can all be taken away from them. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it, it's, especially millennials, we're in this really interesting middle space where we saw our parents get into a lot of credit card debt, right? Oh, like yeah. that was like the norm of like keeping up with the Joneses. And then we also see like, who is it? Like Gen Z, that's what they're called, right? The ones after us. Yes. Um, I get so yeah. confused. Uh, Gen Z where they're like, um, they're like go-getters like they know how to save money like they're like they're like I don't know they're they have so much like um integrity when it comes with like with what wealth means to them right Definitely. like they know how to live minimally minimalism mm-hmm. is like a big thing and I think we as millennials are in this space where it's like okay now we're having to unlearn those behaviors and also learn from the people who are even younger than us oh yeah so it, it it's cool because a lot of financial wealth really isn't about how much money you have. It's about living in means with your lifestyle. So it's more about changing your lifestyle, modifying how you live and what's important to you, maybe downsizing so that you can retire early. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of my goal in life. It's like, I think I'm going to go through a big season of working really hard and saving, but then I'm, I don't want to retire when I'm 65 because you're not promised those later years. You know, it's like, I want to enjoy life when I'm like 40. Yeah, definitely. But I don't also, you know, everyone has certain things that they need. I don't, I don't need a big house. I don't need to own a yacht. I don't need to own, like, I don't need those things in life. Like my, my necessities are smaller. And I think that when we start to really peel away what we really need and what really makes us happy, people get to a place that they're able to achieve financial wellness and financial health without a lot. Mm Mm-hmm like compassion for the things you have like without too much attachment yeah and like really embracing 
what we do have versus that lack of and like scarcity mindset. But I do need a van. That's one thing I need. Hey, and that's cool. Like that's a practical <laughs> thing. That's like a, you know, like cars yeah, well, that's like very minimal. Thing, but like, but like, hey, you can make that practical. Yeah. And it's gonna be my house. So it's minimal. And oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I know. I'm all into like I I'm all into alternative living. Like I yeah, want like a container so cool. home. Like yes. I, I love it. It's so cool. I it's, it's just it's crazy. And I'm gonna wrap this up or this part of the conversation by just saying like. I really truly believe that everyone can be a millionaire. Yes. I truly do. I don't, yeah, it, it, there is enough for everyone. We need to step out of feeling like there isn't enough or that someone's doing it all and you can't. Like there is space yeah. for all of us to be successful. Mm-hmm. It's just you realizing that and taking the steps to do it yourself. Yeah. It's just kind of how like with this podcast, I was like, but there's already so many podcasts out there. But like it kept coming back. I was like, no, I really want to share like my people with the world. Like I really value like my people like you. And I think like, I just love having these conversations because it shows people how they can connect deeper to themselves and like kind of dispel the woo-woo of all these things. Because like, I think people get kind of like a weird vibe from like spirituality and stuff, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I love bridging the gap. That's what Soma means is like bridging the gap between everything and like connect. I love the name. I love the name. Me me and Natalie and Sarah from, you know, the NCA group, um, Mm -hmm. we were, we were talking about it when you first put it out and we were like, oh my God, that's such an amazing name. (laughs) It just came to me one day. I was literally sitting at my old job and it was just like Soma. It was like a little voice in my head. I was like, oh, okay. I love that. I love those moments. Yeah, totally. The other day, like, or not the other day, it was like two months ago. I was like, I wouldn't, I think it was like a new moon. And I went to bed with like in a whole mood anyway, whole new moon (laughs) mood. Yeah. And I woke up and I literally, it was the strangest thing. I've never experienced this before. I woke up and I had a whole download of a book that I needed to What? By chapter. Oh my God. Did you I know I, I have it. I have it in my notes in my, my phone. Cause I was uh, like, what is this magic? Like, I don't know if I'm there yet in life, but it was like, you need to write a book. Here's all the chapters. Wow. Go. And I was like, Whoa, Holy like, things, things really do come to us like that. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it, and it's, and that's also when you start to like open up your sphere of being able to receive. Yes. I think people channel all the time and they don't know it. Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> I know I do. And then someone was like, you know, you're channeling right now. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. That didn't even come from me at all. Yeah. It's, ah, I love this stuff. We can go on and on forever. I know this is really fun. We'll have to have you basically like humans are magic and there's so much stuff that we don't even know we can do that. We can do like, like telecommunicate. Like I really believe that that's something that humans used to be able to do. Mm -hmm. I've listened to so many podcasts about like, um, like people like anthropologists like studying these tribes and like the amazon and stuff Ooh. and how they communicate like without words and i'm like wow. whoa like i think we've just been bred out of all of these behaviors but we're so connected if we like really get back into our innate capacity it's so interesting. yeah um it's interesting that you said that because there's i think there's like i was thinking about this yesterday there's so much knowledge that's so ancient and it's yeah. interesting, like, we think we're this amazingly intelligent society now, but it's like, I think there's like a give and a take, right? Like we've gained a lot of intelligence in different ways, but we also have lost and are trying to like reconnect with those like ancient intelligence intelligences that we used to have. Right. And I think that's yeah. why I love astrology and things like that. It's because it's so, it's so ancient, but it's so like, it's so real to me at least, but it's so interesting. And then the, we have like the patriarchy in the middle, but like we have like this amazing ability 
of all of the humans that came before us that did cool shit. <laughs> so much cool shit. So, so much cool, cool shit. Like if you think about all the things that have really been done and created and manifested and like, and we're just like living in this, and that's not the classic records, right? We're just like living in this crazy web of everything that's happened. And, and that's what the Akashic records say is that we can tap into that and we can like learn mm-hmm. from that and we can commune with that. And so cool. it might be so woo woo for others, but, um, I don't even care anymore. I don't even care because <laughs> if you find innate value in it, like that's you do you, you yeah. know what I mean? It's kind of like placebo healing too. I don't care if something actually helps you, if it's helping you. Yeah, exactly. I don't need the proof. If it's bringing you joy and it's bringing you healing, then I am all for those things. Heck yeah. But I am also very scientific minded. So I do like proof, but you know, those are my dichotomies. Definitely. It's good to have both. It's good to have both. Yeah. Well, I think that's all the questions that I have. Oh, this was so fun. Is there anything? I'm going to definitely have to do this again. Oh yeah. Um, no, I think we had a really great broad conversation. If anybody wants to, if anyone's listening and they want to commune or conversate or connect in the future um I don't have a lot of like social media presence other than Instagram okay so my Instagram is plantifully Lauren smelled like plant spell smelled smelled, <laughs> spelled like plant or plentifully but with plants plantifully yeah. Lauren um and you guys can find me there and I put out lots of free education and do lots of cool little convos so yeah you guys are all welcome to join along on my little space of the interweb Perfect. And then, yeah, we'll have to have you on again to talk about your book. Yeah. Whenever that <laughs> happens, I don't know when that's going to happen, but the universe is like, let's do it girl. And I was like, okay. yes. you're like, uh, okay, let me put it in the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> let me try to schedule that in. Like, how does one even start writing a book? I don't even know. I don't know. I started writing one a little bit ago. I think you just kind of like dabble in it when it feels good. Or at least I do. I'm going to have to come to you for like, um, guidance because I don't even know where to start. Okay. I literally know well, nothing. I'm definitely willing to. to well, up. you can at least tell me like what I know. We talked about the platform you use and stuff, but we'll have that conversation yeah. later. Okay, cool. Thank you so much. Of course, this, this was, was awesome. so helpful and so beautiful. So I'm really excited to share it with everyone. Well, anytime I get to connect with you, I I feel good. So, mm-hmm. where yeah. are you? Are you like you're far away from me, right? I'm in are Reno. You oh, you're in Reno. That's mm-hmm. not too far. For some reason, I always thought you were mm-hmm. in Colorado. Oh, she's in Colorado. (laughs) I'm down to go to Colorado. (laughs) Me too. That's where my parents met. But anyway, okay, well, it was so good to talk to you. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll chat soon. All right. Bye, babe. Bye. I loved that interview. That blew my expectations the wildest out of the proportion, out of the water. I just, I love Lauren. There's so much power in her and so much knowledge. And she is that just nurturing mother energy. Like I, I just feel so grateful to have had that interview with her and just to show that like people are so much more than what we see on Instagram or so much more than what we see. But that's why I love this platform is like being able to share people's stories and like share who baby Lauren was. Like I love that. And I think it's so interesting to put all these different pieces together to make these people are becoming and I think that's so beautiful and I hope you love that and I really think that episode or this episode really encapsulates what the Soma method's all about we really hit it showing that deep connection between things and finding your own connection with whatever calls to you but realizing that truly everything is connected and we can use that to our benefit so 
I hope you enjoyed that so, so much because I absolutely loved recording it. And um, if you watched the YouTube one, cool. That's going to be a new venture for me. I just thought maybe it would be fun for you guys to see our faces while we're talking. So that's going to be something new. Um, I will link everything. I've been having issues with anchors linking. So I think I'm going to also have to make a post or something on my website for the links, but just hang in there with me. I'm new at this. I've contacted support. I'm trying to figure it out. So, you know, it's fine. It's no big deal. I, I can't wait for you to hear this and for you to listen and share and hear what you think about it because I want to start these conversations for you, for you to broaden your horizons. And I would love, you know, if you have anyone that you want me to interview, shoot them over my way because that would be super cool. I, I'm going to run. This is a short outro, but you know what? I'm going to run. I feel like our episode said it all. So if you have any questions or need any support mentally, I'm always here for you. I got the Soma method in my back pocket. That's growing. And if you want to be a practice client for that, that would be awesome because I'm ready to put it out in the world. And the Soma method, basically, if you haven't heard me talk about it before, it's all about building emotional resilience and learning how to embrace the whole human spectrum of your emotions so that your triggers no longer become triggers and you can really dispel this anxiety that you're feeling about a certain thing. You can break that gnarly bad habit you've had forever. You can really transform your life by giving all of these things in emotion space. And so that's what the Soma Method is. And that's what I am coaching. So if you are interested in that, holla at me. Um, I'm really excited to share it because it's truly changed my life. Like it's changed my relationship with food, which I used to be a big binge eater and restrictor and had a lot of problems around food and very disordered eating and all that stuff. And it's really changed my life around that and so many other things. So yeah, if you have a bad habit, if you have anything that you're trying to overcome, if you're at a job that you don't like, that you need to reframe your reframe your energy around, anything like that. So I'm here for you and I'm going to be doing practice clients so that I can get feedback and learn how to build this to be as supportive as possible for you. So that's that. And yep, I'll link everything and I hope you are enjoying this weather right now and enjoying daylight savings, which is super cool. And I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. This has been amazing already. I feel like I'm really finding something that I love and sharing these stories and starting these conversations feels really good. And I have no idea what's going to happen or where it's going to go. But yeah, tell me if you like it so that I can keep doing it and keep, yeah, just keep on keeping on. There's also a support link at the bottom. So if you want to support me on this because it is super time consuming, but I love doing it and I love providing all this free information. But if you feel like it, if you want to give your girl a bone once a month or something, there's a link in there to, it says like support this podcast or something and you can contribute and you can donate to this little venture that I'm going on. And if you don't, that's totally cool. You'll still get all this content anyways, but (laughs) you know, I think it's really good to like, I've been thinking about this lately, like really donating to the people that I want to see thrive and just kind of building that portal and opening these energies between us is cool because I think when we all share a little bit, we all can rise. So on that note, blessings, peace, and love, and I hope you have a killer day.